Hello. Insert really <laughs> cool way to start this podcast here. <laughs> How's it going, Garrick? I'm doing great. How about you? How's I'm life good. in Santiago? Santiago, Santiago de Compostela. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's a good, good uh, Santiago day. A little bit cloudy, a little bit rainy, a little bit sunny. <laughs> we, get, we get all three uh, throughout the yeah. day. So, so far. Uh, it rained all last night. I heard it pounding against my window, but thankfully not during the day. So I can go out later in today. You know, I, everyone keeps talking about how bad the weather here is. I haven't experienced it so bad yet, but I've only been here for three months. Yeah, so but to, I need to wait. Yeah, you do need to wait. But also, I do think you're coming from Sweden. Like people who complain about the wet weather in Spain are Spaniards or like <laughs> people true. who've moved there from Andalusia. Because, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, the, the weather in Andalusia, like, you get one hot month, like really hot month, and everyone goes to the yeah. beach, and you're in the Mediterranean, and it's amazing. And then you get like two really cold months, and then the rest of the year you're like, oh, this is, you know, everyone's sitting outside, yeah, all the time. You know, hey. you live outside, so I think when you compare yeah, it to I, like that, and and a lot of Spain where the that's the weather. Well, even a lot of Galicians, um, I think, have the perception uh, that like the weather should be um, like Malaga, like in the sense of like, even people yeah. who grew up here are like, Oh yeah, it's so terrible. I think because everyone tells them it's terrible. Everyone tells them it's terrible. Yeah. And maybe they don't have insulation in their homes. And there's a few other things that might make that miserable. Yeah. But, but honestly, so far I'm kind of like, this is, this is great. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You know. And you sent me a picture the other day of lettuce. I mean, you, <laughs> like, like I don't know if people understand, but like, it's like the produce. Yeah. Yeah. in galicia it's, it's ridiculous it is prime for broad leafy greens like yes. the, the the weather the climate here is just pretty incredible but we also yeah. get oranges and and lemons yep. and persimmon and other great yep. stuff so um, yep. so far so good man i yep. you know have you have you eaten much um uh cotido gallego a, a little bit yeah 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 okay. i've made it before actually yeah yeah i'm yeah, i'm yeah. uh we have not we haven't had it yet. It hasn't been, you know, you usually eat it when it gets colder. So I'm looking yeah. forward to, uh, to getting some of that. I was reading about it in uh, everything, but the squeal last night, mm -hmm. his description of it was just glorious. Um, so the other thing, which is close to you, but not from Lithia, but is, is Favada from, yeah, Asturias. from Asturias. Oh my gosh. And that's done really well. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's I look, amazing. I look forward to, yeah. to some of that. So food Ooh, i'm getting hungry why did we start this podcast at one we're i know it's because we're approaching lunchtime we're just we're gonna make this <laughs> short <laughs> 2 30 or 3 when i'm gonna eat today so <laughs> oh gosh you know i've i've really been having a hard time getting lunch before yeah three some days i'll end up at four yeah it's, I, I don't we're still trying to figure out our times of how we you know, all the space between eating or something, or sometimes yeah, I'll yeah. come in, I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I'll, I'll get a snack. Yeah. It's not quite two yet. And so I ended up, I end up eating too much. And then, so I'm not hungry yeah. until much later anyway. Yeah. You got to really worry. You know, I, I, it's not uncommon here to walk by people around six 30 or seven and they're finishing lunch out yeah. on the, on the terrace. Yeah. To see people eating at a restaurant and they're finishing lunch. Are they, around. Are they func funcionarios? Uh, well, I don't know. They just don't have anything else going on that you know that afternoon. Uh, you know, there's there's somebody uh, they can afford to eat out. Yeah, well, I mean, but they also have the hours. They also have the time, right? All, yeah. So all they're all they're doing is telling someone you don't have the right document. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. 
all apologies to all the functionarios out there listening. <laughs> do we have a do we have a large audience of functionarios <laughs> who, who listen Spanish, to <laughs> Spanish functionaries who are nice people? Government but, workers uh, for those government who workers. Who yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just maligned it. No, I think one, one third of so. the Spanish population. <laughs> right, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, if it's got because it's unfair because technically, like a firefighter and a yeah and right. a um, teacher are considered functionaries, so they work for the right. state. But then, okay, so let we you got, you, you got to drill into the yeah the, the people who handle and process government paperwork. I think that's really who we're talking about. Yeah, right. who are infamous for, or at least that's who I'm aligning anyway. <laughs> yes, Ma- making up documents that you need that don't exist. They know it. Uh, did I tell you though about the, the so the we've had of course our ups and downs with documents and stuff. Yes, uh, and uh, but we went in the other day to get some documents for the kids, and I was asking a question about the next round that we need, and um, there's just one really nice guy who works at the um, foreigner office or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, i was getting to know him that's that's good that's good yeah, yeah well there's only like four who work in it yeah. and so we've we've had interactions with all of them oh that's good the boss yeah. is just uh, he's a punk but <laughs> this guy is re- super super nice yeah. and um i was asking about something and, and he was like he was like don't worry about it it'll be okay yeah, he's yeah. like <laughs> he's like you've you've got your swedish passport you don't need to worry about this situation. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was kind of like, okay, we're, we're yeah. good. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're yeah, in a place like Santiago because it's so small, you can, I'm finding yeah. you, you learn the people pretty quick who that's good. you have interaction with. And so that's really nice. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully it's nice. Hopefully I did find that bridges. we were treated better when, when we had our kids with us. Oh yeah. 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 We got kids with you. That, that's like, yeah, you can do especially no my yeah my my nine year old daughter oh, know, yeah. comes in there with her big kids. smile even through her mask. Spain, yeah, Spaniards love kids. They love kids. It's it's one of the great yeah. things about living here. Is it's a country that just will do anything for kids. You can take your kids to a three star Michelin restaurant. That's awesome. And the, and the, the, I've started to see a few restaurants. Like high, like really high end kind of yeah. places. Say we don't we prefer you not bring your kid, but they have to say that because people bring their kids. Right, like, right. <laughs> like you, you, you can bring your kids anywhere. In Spain, right, you would anywhere. never think to do that. Literally, in, in most cultures, for most cultures, you would you wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah, or or at least bring them to sleep. They might sleep. The kid might be sleeping the whole meal, but <laughs> right. they would be there. <laughs> they just bring out. Do they? Do some restaurants have cots that they provide for children? <laughs> That's a good idea. Uh, no, not a bad just, idea. It's innovative in anyway. The, <laughs> get in the um, in the stroller. They sleep in the stroller if they're small yeah. enough. But you'll see. I mean, it's pretty common. At least down here, see kids like the, the families eating, and there'll be a couple of kids yeah. in strollers asleep. Or sometimes they'll put them on the chair or something. They'll they'll make not a problem. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll move into our topic here in a second. But um, yeah. Actually, maybe this is maybe this I, I can squeeze this in, into a transition. Let's do it. Let's do it. Transition. So, so sometimes your biggest wins can be an Achilles heel. Yeah. Okay? So in other words, uh, you know, the things that you you have success on can actually teach you the wrong lesson that you always yeah. have success on. Yeah. And so it's 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 fairly, I don't say fairly hard, but it's not difficult to get incredible seafood in Galicia. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's yeah. just, it's, it's all over the place and you can, you can get it really good. Um, 
But having so much success in finding good seafood led us the other day to order pulpo octopus from a place that everyone told us go there for the meat, but we weren't really in a particular mood for meat that day. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up ordering pulpo and it was terrible. Oh, absolutely terrible. Not only that, we happen to be with nacho. And so it was like, oh, it was a big loss. So, but that is, that is the truth though. So sometimes uh, within, especially within missions, uh, but I think we find this, you can apply this to businesses if you want. So it's, it's, I think it's a universal principle. Sometimes our biggest wins can become an Achilles heel for us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, True or false? Agree or disagree? And how are we going to debate it? Well, I I think, you know, there's a few, like the, the, the obvious one would be blockbuster, right? (laughs) <laughs> blockbuster i mean you, you know like blockbusters like well you know they were they they ruled the world of media of you know we you might know, actually have some people who listen media. to this podcast who don't know what blockbuster is oh yes Should this we, is true do we need to do an explainer for those for the for those listening i don't know at what age people would have been to not know about blockbuster but blockbuster before you had streaming services you had vhs and dvds and you went somewhere to rent them so this is so netflix was revolutionary in that they sent you the dvds you signed up for the service and they sent you the dvds at home you had a queue and they just sent them to you and you got them in the mail and you sent them back uh before streaming and then netflix adapted Uh uh-huh interesting uh, netflix Netflix adapted Mm and and then switched over to streaming but uh blockbuster was of course vhs tapes and, yeah, and then DVD. Yeah. But Blockbuster was amazing because it was this big giant room that you went into and it had all the movies on the wall. And so you could like physically pick up the thing and read the back and see what yeah. it was rated and look at the who you know who was in it. It was it was uh it was it was it was it was fantastic. You, you know, honestly, I kind of I kind of feel for my kids. Like my my wife and my brother-in-law were texting the other day saying they mourn for their kids because they'll never know the feeling because they they grew up in the 70s and 80s when if a show was on, it started at seven o'clock and whether you were ready or not. And so there was always the feeling of, okay, we've got to finish this before before we, before, you know, before this time, so we can make it down. And then they'll never know the feeling of running upstairs to use the restroom in the two minute commercial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, can you pull it Run! off and having your brother go, it's <laughs> on, it's on. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This so, is true. The stress. And I kind of mourn for my kids the the feeling of that they're not going to have of the social interaction of going into a blockbuster with your group of friends and arguing over what you're going to, what movie you're going to re- walk and in the feeling of walking up and down the aisle yes. and trying to find the film that no one's seen or a good one, or do we yes. want to take a risk on that? I don't know. Like there's so much investment there. Like once you've started that movie, you're not, yeah. you're, you're not going to just go and find a different movie. You're not going back to blockbuster that night. No, so maybe you, you get three movies just to hedge your bets. Yeah. Well, that was their big, that was one of the big things. It was like the three, the three movies for one, you know, yeah. time. Or even better was when they would, they would, you know, movies had been out for a while because they would have like, if it was a, if it was a top run movie, they'd have like 30 copies, you know. Yeah, right. Um, and then, you know, then they would. Oh, but would, the feeling of showing up and going, oh, they're all out. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're it was all horrible. Rented. They're all rented. So you really had to like, there's a lot of timing involved. But then what was awesome was they would, everyone's what they would have to get rid of their, their, um, stock right because they don't you know they got to they had to make constantly make move uh, room for the next 
whatever movies you know they had some classic movies that were always there so they would have these cells you like buy like for two bucks like a dv you know the movie so we used to go we used to go buy like 10 movies you know that we oh, right. love this movie or movie we didn't see even just buy movies you'd heard were good you know but then we had all these dvds we still have them somewhere i think some someplace yeah we just moved and i just found all our dvds and my wife was like why do we why do we have these <laughs> you never know tell you. yeah so okay <laughs> so but the biggest win of blockbuster was they it became their achilles heel because yes. they were the big giant and they were kind of like who's going to destroy us yeah yeah and and they didn't for some reason they didn't foresee streaming as going to be affect their their their, right. their their business model uh but they're the reason many of you've never heard of blockbuster because they don't exist anymore anymore they exist in, in our nostalgic minds and in movies that prey on there was like captain marvel had a scene where she i think with the blockbuster it's, oh that's people, right yeah yeah people work blockbusters into it's like now like ooh, this is in the 90s because there's a blockbuster that's like the <laughs> the cultural the movie that's how they it's tell a relic you, of ancient culture it's that's like how a, they tell you this movie is set in the 90s and then <laughs> <that's right. laughs> yeah okay but i but i do think so, so to actually bring this so we can skip back yeah, so so th- there's a there is a lot of I think there's, there's so much to learn about this and you see mm-hmm. it on, I think, so here's how I see it two levels. Our greatest successes can become our, our, our Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. It's not just in the big thing. So it's not in that, um, okay, we're really good at this or this worked in country X yeah. um, or in this missions. situation, in this context. Yeah. So in missions, so let's try it here. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. Um, but attaching ourselves to the belief that it, because it, and I'm going to, I'm using air quotes for the people at home, because it works yes. here, it will work in all times and all places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very human thought process to go, hey, it worked here, so let's try it there. Mm-hmm. I think we have to become, and I think this is the very difficult thing about doing missions, is to assume that because it worked in one place, it will work here or yeah. yeah, So to become overly pragmatic about things and then to assign that to other places. And we, Mm -hmm. when someone says it, we all go, yeah, that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's too many people who would go, Hey, because it worked in country X, we have to do it in country Y and it will work there. Most people would, would kind of agree with me on that. Yeah. But does it practically get lived out? I don't, I don't think so. I think Not we always. constantly go to the well of success thinking it will, it will work because I think we're programmed to think programmed. It's natural for us to think it's going to work in this situation. Yeah. There's a great book. We read it a few years ago. All the national campus directors of Western Europe, our good friend, Martin Gast had us read it. It was about movements and I cannot remember. It's the guy who wrote, he writes a bunch about movements. Great guy. Yeah. Rise and fall of movements. Uh, The rise and fall of movements. Steve Addison, excellent book. And he talks about this a little bit because he talks about how, because I want to make two points here. Uh, But the first point is that oftentimes we have a tool or a method or something and, and the organization becomes all about that method and selling that method. And when I say selling, I don't mean trying to make money, but like they believe that method works and it did work here or it did work at a certain time in, in history. And, and so they tie so much into that, that method or, or strategy or, or whatever it is that they become all about that. And so they, so they're not about 
they're still about Jesus and they want people to know Jesus, but they, they really, they've really dug down into that. So that's a dangerous place to be because when it doesn't work anymore, then you have a crisis, you know, but I think on the flip side, of that is what, what, what you and I are, are not saying is that the gospel doesn't work or the gospel isn't, but sometimes people make that connection. They go, well, yeah. they, they put the gospel um, and like, once again, I don't, this isn't, people aren't doing this malevolently or, or it's just something they're not aware of uh, because of the culture of the organization or, or how they, they, they're parsing things. But, you know, the, the four spiritual laws would be something, you know, four, four spiritual laws is still a great, great tool, but the gospel is not the four spiritual laws, right? Right. And so if, if we say we're not going to use four spiritual laws, it doesn't mean we're saying we're not using the gospel. It means we're just saying, well, we don't, we're, we're going to figure out a different way to communicate the right. gospel. The gospel is relevant whether it's received or not is a different question, uh, but the gospel is relevant, you know, 2000 since for 2000 years everywhere all the time uh, and wherever else we can think of. But um, so I think just to make those distinctions too, um, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not saying, well, we're just, we're, what we're saying is that the, the method or the idea or the strategy, when that becomes calcified, it's going to be a dangerous place because we don't, we don't learn that it's not working anymore and then just die over time. Right. Like, like right. blockbuster. So a, a good, a good example of this might be, um, we had, you know, uh, friends who were missionaries in, in Italy. And when they first got there, uh, the, uh, it was very popular among the evangelical church, uh, of Italy to, um, an evangelistic method was, uh, puppeteering in the town square. Yeah. And because at one point that was very effective for, the Italian context. Um, but it, over you, the if years, you, if you say so, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it was effective, but people did it and they just yeah, always yeah, yeah. did it. So, yeah. uh, so Pinocchio, uh, yeah, I mean, and maybe there's something in the culture about puppeting that's, you know, yeah. I, I, anyway, but I people, know, people, know. people were enamored with it and that was yeah. the only, so I don't know if it was a success, but it was the mode by which people chose to communicate a message yeah. and they became married to it, but it actually, uh, then eventually became a point of mockery uh for mm-hmm. for people but many in the italian uh evangelical church refused to see that as an issue but sat, saw it as a highlight so it just became more and more of an yeah. achilles heel yeah so that doesn't mean that they shouldn't it doesn't mean that we always just because the world mocks us we we change methods like it's just like yeah well, you know or we change the message or, or whatever else yeah. the world yeah. is going to mock us so, so I think, yeah, I think you're right that that the the gospel is the gospel. We need to find ways of communicating that gospel. Um, but I, 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 it's not just that the method has changed. So it's interesting where we find ourselves on the position of this discussion. I think it's important for us as missionaries to learn to to remember two things. One, communication is is two way. So mm-hmm. there is the, there is the communicator, there's the speaker and that's okay. What kind of methods are we using in order to communicate the gospel? Those are the things we need to think about. But I think we also need to remember that we don't find ourselves at a static history is not static and that, yeah. the, that the listener himself finds himself in a context. So we also need to consider the fact that the context itself may have changed. Um, and therefore what we saw happen even if the method itself, so is a beautiful and good method, um, it's not ineffective because it's wrong. It's ineffective because the point at history of which we are has become unreceptive to that or has moved on or yeah. has rejected. 
or to be honest, isn't ready yet. Yeah. I think yeah. the isn't ready yet part about mission work is so key. It's mm-hmm. very easy for us to look at places in the world where there are numerical results. So the, the snowball rolling down the hill, mm-hmm. it's easy for us to go, look, the snowball's big over there. Let's go do what they're doing without remembering that that snowball got big because it started at the top of the mountain. Yeah. Right. And so we, we think, well, let's just go up a few hundred feet and roll it down and see what happens. Yeah. And it's kind of like, no, you've got to climb Mount Everest in order to get a snowball that big. And, and I think that we so often forget that in, in when we start talking about methods or ideas about what we should do and everything else, we think let's not do the hard work of climbing that very tall mountain, cultural mountain to get yeah. to the top or, you know, removing the stones from the field or whatever else. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It, you could go to a, a, a lot of different analogies and that's the, that's the piece. I just don't think we, we, we think about, or it's, it's a lot more difficult to think about. And to be open to, yep. to accept as a missionary, I think it's very important to accept as a missionary the activity that I am engaged with right now. I may have the right method, of course, the most important message, and I stay. I still may appear to be "quote unquote" unsuccessful. Yeah, spinning, spinning my my wheels. I, th- I you know, to, to reference a, a past podcast which i think people uh probably much better than this one this this act is this but uh but when we when we interviewed todd bolsinger um yeah you know i think his his core thing is that the the, the culture has changed we have to get churches to shift their thinking from oh everyone's going to come here to no 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 we go out there and, and 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 so that's a big shift that has been going on in general in, in the american church and i think globally as well depending on where you were or what kind of church you kind of sprung out of and what kind of experience. Uh, but, but the difficulty of, of helping people see that reality, that, that need for that, that change and how that happens over time is, a, is I think, fascinating. But I think that for me, when I, when I think about this, I think that's a big one. That's a big shift that we, we, we you know, you can see it clearly that we were married to a certain form, which is the, the church that people are going to come to. It yeah. does, you know, it, you don't really have, you don't have to do much. Like you got a good right. preacher, you got a good reputation. People are showing up, you know, and, uh, and, that, and, and, and so there's still a lot of people who are either fighting for that or, you know, trying to save that. And so, so the, even on the flip side, you can get people who are really antagonistic, even when you're saying, well, this isn't, this isn't working. We need to make a shift. We can make a change. Uh, it can be really hard. Um, you can also get people who want to make a change that is not the right change also, you know, so there's, there's a balance in that whole conversation, right. You know, yeah, it, just because you, you, you have some visionary leader doesn't mean they know what they're doing. Right. Or, or we we're defining our greatest success or what we're hoping is going to be our greatest success inappropriately in light of the gospel mission. Yeah. So getting a lot of people to show up your church may not actually be success. Uh, yeah. Success may be may be Christ-like formation in people, which is a much more difficult. Uh, and Jesus seemed to be often uh, the crowds in Mark's gospel are never positive. Yeah. Mark never, never uh, makes the makes crowds appear good. Um, it's mostly a negative thing. Sometimes it's a neutral thing. They happen to be there, but most of the time it's completely negative. 
And so sometimes I think the greatest success can be an Achilles heel because we've defined success by numbers, by the total number of people doing X, Y, or Z. And hopefully we've defined that well, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes yeah. we're, we're, we're trying to get numbers in an inappropriate way or, yeah. or we're defining that inappropriately or yeah. maybe not to the best way. And so sometimes I think sometimes we, we're limited. Our imagination is limited as to what success is going to be because we're defining success not as we should be, as, as Christ would define success. Yeah. And I, I think that that goes back to really good to your point. You're talking about, uh, you know, what do you do when you've got everything right and you're doing, you know, you're sure, yeah. but then, and, and, and you're right. And, and I think, I mean, we talked about this a lot, but this, this creates a crisis of, you know, what am I doing here? You know, and yeah. there's still a conversation I hear a lot. A lot of people asking that, cause I I'm doing all the right stuff. I've done all the hard work. I'm doing the right thinking, but I'm not seeing what, this imaginary success is right. And, and I think you're right. It's, it's a mat. It's, it's, it's a totally imaginified it's, it's, it's constructed out of this idea that, well, this happened in China 20 years ago, for instance, you know, to pick a random example, uh, you know, or it happened in this place. Now it's happening in India. Now it's, these are the things that happen, you know, uh, you know, Maybe or, I mentioned or, or or the the great Methodist movement revival yeah in yeah. in England yeah like, Leslie yeah to 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 draw conclusions based on that yeah I think. yeah I'm not and saying so you we shouldn't just, I just think no, we have I mean, to be careful you have to you have to be smart I think you have to do the analysis you have to look at those things what can we learn from there what's the same what because you certainly can look back you know at you know I. I one thing I did in, in, in my doctoral research was look back at movements in Europe. What are defining European spiritual movements, particularly in Spain, right? Well, well Spain's been here a while. What, what's happened in the past? And, and in there, you can see things that are like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to walk around with no shoes on. That, that, that was a big deal because it showed you were poor and it showed that you were authentic Christian. I'm going to go ahead and keep my shoes on. Right. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not a, that's not going to, that's not, I don't think that's, that, that was a good thing at that moment that helped communicate something to people. Um, I don't think that's going to work now, but you know, Hey, this is, they prayed a lot. Hmm, interesting. You yeah. know, they, they did this, they, you know, uh, there's some things that you can kind of learn about and, and look at and see and go, okay, well, those are some things. In I mean, so there's things to learn from that. So I think you're right. We shouldn't throw out those things, uh, the, the past or other things that are happening, but you got to realize you got, you got to contextualize and you got to think, oh, okay. So, so here's, so here, so here's a question for you. So on one, on one hand you have, uh, the danger of falling into um, the tr the trap of you know we've had all this success. Look at this amazing success. Well, on the other axis, you have the the, the curmudgeoniness of yep. Ah, yep. You know, I, I can't. I, I you know that, that's, that's not, not going to work. That's not yep. going to work. You know. Yep. And and I think you and I both we've been in situations where we've probably been we, we've got a little curmudgeoniness in us because we've been we've like people like sold something to us. Yep. Once again, maybe not the best word, but and we went full in and it didn't work and people got frustrated and you're like, man, we lost money, time, energy on something that no, as an experiment it was good. We learned it doesn't work. Sure. But or or no but, one told us to do it. We just did it and it failed. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like, why would I go back to that? Well, I know yeah. I know yeah. better. Yeah. 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 So, so we, so I think there's two poles you want to avoid. Yep. And on the other end, you've got this, this, this tension of numbers and what is success and, and, 
so so how how do we how do we encapsulate all that? How do we protect ourselves from? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You, thanks for giving me the easy one. Well, so so I'll affirm I'll affirm your 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 saying of okay the, the curmudgeonness because I actually had this happen this week. I was talking to Victoria this week that uh, I was noticing on Facebook um, uh, some some new staff in Sweden trying something that we tried. Uh, well, it's been 15 years ago, I guess now. And um, which I think was, and and I told Victoria and we both looked at each other and we both said, you remember when we did that and it just failed. Yeah. And we, but then, but then we both said, I bet it works. And for two reasons, one, some of my curmudgeonness um, says, well, it doesn't work when I do it, but when other people do it, it works, right? So there's that uh, competitive sinfulness in my own self, but also rooting for someone else, but also having enough times around the block where we tried something long ago and it didn't work. And you try it again years later or in a different context, and it does work. So there are certain things that we can learn about. So part of the greatest success, so this is where you get into trouble with it as a missionary. Part of being successful as a missionary is learning culture yeah. uh, and, and, and understanding culture. And sometimes our, if you're successful in that, you can actually allow it to hinder you from doing something that would be really good. So you learn culture, oh, X doesn't work in, in the culture I'm in, so Pizza parties was is what more what I'm referencing. We tried, hey, let's do a pizza party where students don't have to pay for anything. And Swedes were always so skeptical of that. They never showed up. They found it <laughs> yeah, better yeah, to yeah. offer cheap pizza. Yeah. So so it was like, you know, $2 pizza or a dollar pizza uh, or um, have a free will donation pizza. So that because Swedes just felt weird if it was just like it's free. It's like, but... I can pay, I should pay something. And so yeah, we, yeah. we had to, we had to work around that. Um, so if any of my Swedish friends who are on staff who tried that are listening, um, I hope it worked and I applaud yeah. you for trying and I'm sure it did because y'all are incredible. So th- my bringing it up doesn't, doesn't actually have anything to do with them and, and their efforts. It's more, I actually think sometimes we may probably learned the wrong lessons from even failures, not even successes. Uh, and in this case, um, I know that we certainly did. So how do you protect against that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think humility and, and uh, humility mm-hmm. is incredibly important mm-hmm. to go look, to have enough times around the course, around the track, around the block to go. It's not always going to be this way. So these are variables that are variable for a reason. Culture changes. The group yep. mix of people are open. Um, or small tweaks and in different circumstances, something, and I'm talking more methods, uh, methods can change. So I need to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I also need to be, when I'm in a position of leadership, I also need to be constantly going, have a position of humility when I lead with a, Hey, we want to see something happen in when I'm, when I'm giving vision, and drive to someone else when they tell me, Hey, I'm skeptical of that. I don't need to re- reach that. I don't need to meet that with no, it'll work. You need to buck up. I need to go, Hey, tell me why you don't think that. Yeah. Will work. Yeah. 
Um, and so I think part of the protection program, it's two ways to protect myself against it is to be open to new things and look, it's not always going to be that way. Uh, but also to protect, I, I have a duty when I'm encountering new people who say, well, what about this for me not to immediately dismiss that as that's not going to work. But also then yeah. when I'm telling other people, Hey, think about this, when they say that won't work or what about this to be open to that interaction, I think it's so yeah. hard to do and no one does it well. No one, yeah. I, I don't, I very, I've met very few people who do it super well. Yeah. yeah I think, I think, I think that's totally right. I think a lot of it has to do keeping our attitude, you know, our, our heart soft and open to some degree as well, you know, and, and I, I this, 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 you know, when you, when you, we, we read in the, um, you know, this in the scriptures in the scriptures jesus talks about you know, you have to become born again you have to become like a little baby like a child mm -hmm. to you know to follow him I, you know i think we, we we forget that so so just to reference stalker again the the, the tarkovsky movie two podcasts I, he, in a row man yeah two wow. podcasts in a row he had another great quote uh in there i think he says weakness is a great thing and strength is nothing when a man is just born, he is weak and flexible. When he dies, he's hard and insensitive. When a tree is growing, it's tender and pliant. But when it's dry and hard, it dies. Hardness and strength are death's companions. Pliancy and weakness are expressions of the freshness of being. Because what has hardened will never win. So I think, so I, I wonder too, I mean, that got me thinking about this when I heard that quote. And then, you know, obviously I think there's some referencing there to, to becoming like a little child, yeah. you know, in, 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 in faith. And that to really have faith, you have to be a child. And, and I, I think as we go older, we have all these experiences, positive, negative, but we can get, we can get hard. We can get calcified uh, and, and not be open to the, the new things, you know, that, that God's trying to show us or that other people are trying to. So, so I think a lot of it too is, is, is trying to keep a real kind of young, if I can say that, but a youthful or flexible, but open, almost, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Openness kind of is a great openness yeah, yeah. Is being open to two things it's hard though yeah I, I also think we need to remember we i think i feel like we come back to this a ton in our it's probably just maybe more our story but also our experience in europe mm -hmm. the proper defining of what we're ultimately trying to achieve so in one could say goals or yeah. what is success but properly defining those things will determine our interaction on all of these things more properly. So, so if success is, um, you know, in, I, I want to pick a culture that neither one of us are in, um, yeah. you know, um, a movement of people among Brazilian, um, you know, slums, um, and, and that has to be a high number of people. Um, then, if I'm trying to take the lessons that I learned and apply them to a different culture, if what I've ultimately decided is successful is a certain number of people or a certain movement towards things, I think I have to realize that that's not going to completely translate into the next phase yeah. uh, or the next place that I do things. Um, so we, I think we have to think about what's, what's ultimately reasonable. And um, so uh, a few, you know, and, and I think we don't always, nothing wrong with looking at numbers, nothing wrong with wanting to see millions of people come to Christ and movement launched and, you know, all these different things. So th th there's nothing wrong with that. And all of those things are good. I think what I want to be 
what we have to be careful of is defining it properly so that we don't make people think this is the only available yeah. outcome yeah. Uh, at this moment in time. Yeah. So, so part of success might actually be being faithful so that someday if the Lord tarries, this thing could happen. Yeah. Because I, you know, even in, even in, even in Brazilian favelas, 20, 50 years ago, they weren't seeing these results with the same no, methods. No, like something happened and it was because no. people remained faithful. And we're, so part of, part of not becoming crusty is humbling oneself to the point of realizing I'm not the beginning and I'm not yeah. the end of this story. I find myself at a, pertin, a certain point in this story, and I have a certain responsibility to carry out in this story, but I don't know where this, this is going. So I don't have control. And that, that's part of humility, mm-hmm. but I think it's so essential for understanding. So, so then you can be released to go, okay, that worked or that didn't work, but I'm not the end of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a hard thing. That's yeah, a hard a thing to do. It's a hugely hard thing. We put ourselves in our own movies. Um, this, this, this is a conversation I had with our, we had recently a group of Americans coming for a year, young, young people. And I, and I was just, I was trying to get that across. Like you, you can't measure the success of your year based on what's going to happen in, in this year. And I was, I was, I was talking about a, a yeah. dinner we had a long time ago, a long time ago, you know, 16 years ago. And she was here for two years. Great, great dinner, great friend. And how her investing, meeting a student, investing in that student who, who eventually came on staff, and then he invested in this, you know, these other students and those other students. Now that student is, is you know, I mean, that took six, like we saw spiritual multiplication, right? Right, right. But it was a 16-year process. Right. You know, so some people might go, well, you need to get, get working a little harder on that. But well, we were working hard. We were working really hard. The whole time the people were giving their, their blood, sweat, and tears to these things. But it, it's a 16-year, it's a you know, process sometimes. Like, we, right. you know, you, you can't you can't microwave this stuff. And as I was trying to communicate, you're here for a year. You're, you're, you, you might see some cool things happen. You see God work, but you're going to have to trust that God's got a bigger plan of your one year. Cause one year actually in the grand scheme of things is nothing. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Victoria's reading uh, acts right now. And she, she, um, or she's among her reading. She's, she's doing this really cool plan for the, uh, entire new Testament, uh, chronologically and stuff. And so it kind of has her bouncing around. But one of the things she, she mentioned the other day was, um, she was like, so it always mentions like, okay, they were here and then they went here. And then you go on a map and you look how far that was yeah. and you realize that they were walking. And it was like one verse encapsulates like six months of walking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah. And then yeah, Paul, but we have Paul went on a pilgrimage scene. that was boom, three boom, times boom. the size of the Camino de Santiago. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even trying to get to Rome was going to be a bit of right, a, right. Bit of a, and and so we forget we forget how much time elapses between things because we read oh, and then this happened and then this happened, yeah. and then we live in a microwaved world. So I think yeah. we can assume, but yeah, I think part of that perspective of. Well, I think partly taking the perspective of, I may never actually never see any of the results, but I may be a part of something that is much bigger and much greater than me. And this is my part to play. And, and that's, isn't that Jesus's whole point in saying, you know, it's, it's about rewards, but Jesus says, look, you know, there's the parable of the, of the day workers and 
you know, he lines everyone up at the end of the day, some who worked for an hour and some who worked all day and he pays the day workers, yeah. you know, one, one denarii and, and, and the others he pays the same thing who've only been there an hour. And they're like, what gives? And he's like, what does it matter to you? I can do with what I want. His, yeah. his, his point in that obviously is rewards, but, yeah. but there, there's, there's a sense there of, no, the agreement was for a day. You don't know what role you have to play. Don't look at the person who worked an hour and think he was more valuable. It's just the role he had to play. And I think, I think that's hugely important and, and important for us to realize when we say, well, this worked here. Well, it doesn't mean it's going to work there, but that doesn't mean it's not. And maybe I need to change the language. Maybe that's part of it is I say it doesn't work there. Well, maybe it is working. It's just not, we need a little bit more perspective. We need to pull back as this is going to take a a much longer period of time. But I do think you have to, I do think you have to, um, you do have to kind of, think it through enough to know because because i'll be honest right we shouldn't all go italian puppeteering yeah like right i mean that may be actually at some point doing more harm than good right yeah both for the people doing the puppeteering and the people hearing the puppet or being bothered by the puppets uh you know (laughs) yeah i mean so so you you do have to like because that's an argument well just keep doing it you know it'll it'll eventually happen you know and you're like but a second ago you know uh you know, and then I, and then I think we have to we have to be honest and like we all have different gifts and personalities and mm-hmm. you know I've I've got a friend who in the Philippines his ministry is he goes to towns where there's no church and he goes where's the haunted house and they go well, that's the haunted house over there that's what the, you know he goes well he he knows there's demons in the house so he goes in the de- in the demon house and he lives there and gets rid of all the demons and the people all become Christians no that's, been, that's, that's that's what he does right so you know. God bless him. You know, that's amazing, but you know, that's not necessarily a strategy that obviously is working for everybody or should be, you know, that's not, so we're called to different things too. I think also yeah. we've got to be smart about that and smart about what we're good at, what God's called us to, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty awesome opportunity we get. Um, but I think, yeah. So I think there's that too. I think that's got to go into it a little bit as well, you know, um, don't, don't try to be something you're not, Yeah, you know, and, 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 uh, don't, don't force yourself into a, into a hole or, or as an organization, even, yeah. that, you know, don't make yourself yeah. blockbuster. And... Or, or, or yeah, when remember that I, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, an analogy and a solution here, but, um, it escapes me at the moment. So, uh, my analogy is, <laughs> I was going to probably strain a gnat in order to try to make that. So, um, but yes, so, so we have to be careful of the greatest success. We also need to be careful that we, so, so both on the organizational, but also on the personal level. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think what it takes, uh, you know, is, is leadership, a, a switch of leadership. I think, you know, I think it's not a leadership that looks at the battle map and goes, I've got this much resources and, and starts moving, but it's a, it's a, it's a leadership that's, that goes, no, here's who we got. How do we help those people do what they need to do in their context? Right. How, you know, how do we also sometimes jump in and go, Hey, I think this is, you've been trying this a long time or doing this. It's not working. How can yeah. we, let's figure this out. And you got to quit care for people because this is all, you know, that's what I've seen. I've seen people in the past, you know, when they, people first hit the ground in Spain, like in 2005, 2004, they just did, you know, random evangelism, boom, 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 boom. And you had, you had 
tons of people came in through Spain and just like, well, it doesn't work here. The gospel isn't, doesn't work here because they equated the, the too much, the method with the, the gospel. And when, when, you know, of course, it, you know, it wasn't working, you know, not, not, I think there are like thousands of exposures and not one Spanish student tries to Christ, you know, right. You'd get like an American or Mexican guy or something, you know, but so, but, but then you, you had, you had this kind of crisis of people's faith, even like, well, what am I here for? What am I right. doing? You know? And right. so I think as leaders, you kind of have to also be able to manage that, manage people's disappointment and, and, and give them hope. But what, you know, what you're saying is like, no, 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 the, the, this may not feel like it. Well, but you've also got to create a system where they're not running like, up against a wall over and over again. You know, you can't, that's what you can't ask your people to go see that wall. I want you to run as fast as you can into it. And then when you hit it, and it doesn't fall over. I want you to get up and do it again, and, and, and just keep running people through that meat grinder. You can't. So there's a lot. There's a lot of things in play. But I think if you can empower people, you know, in their context to make those decisions and give them the tools and the people and the resources and 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 let them do those things, I think they can. I think things will. Yeah, and I think it's the further you are as a leader from from the actual context yeah. of the ministry that's going on, the more difficult that is. Um, and that that's why you want to make sure that you have good connection with those on the ground, but also you understand the context personally. Um, or if you don't, you entrust those who, yeah. who do understand it. Um, and hopefully you can help them figure out, um, and maybe maybe it's the freedom to fail. Uh, maybe we need to make sure that we're mm-hmm. we're allowing people to to fail. Especially maybe it's we're admitting we have no clue, uh, or we're yeah. you know I always said in in Sweden you know when people are like hey could we try this and I was like well I don't know that we're seeing so many people come to Christ that we should not yeah <laughs> like it's kind of like may work. It may not, but I don't see any reason why we should go no, or, yeah. well, here's how I would temper that. We could try that, but we need to consider these cultural aspects and how do we do this and everything else. So being open to those possibilities, I think is, is incredibly important. Um, I think it becomes difficult when, and maybe this is much more 30,000, 40,000 feet. When you in the life cycle of an organization, you have, you have the DNA of an organization gets started and you see a certain modicum of success in, in certain places. It's very hard because that culture gets produced within that organization and the DNA of that organization. It's very hard to go when that's not working, quote unquote, working the way it once did. Yeah. So, you know, 1950s America crew uh, sees a certain kind of result and doing certain things and those things no longer work the same way. And so you kind of got to, okay, well, what, what has changed? How do we change? Um, I think it's re- that is a, I don't want to make light of the fact that it's very easy for me to say our, our biggest successes become our greatest Achilles heel. Yeah, uh, it's very difficult to go. Hey, we've we've got to figure out how to n- not do this anymore, uh, yeah. or to do something different. That's because you're you're not just you're not just changing the you're not just changing the direction. You're also changing the culture of an organization. But organizations are made up of people, and 
they're not just made up of people. They're made up of, you know, in the case of you've got donors, you've got, you've got just tons of stuff that are going on. So, so it's not an easy thing. So leaders who find themselves needing to change, and that's why there's so much literature on change leadership. Right. Um, But I think, yeah. So I, I think we've just got to, we have to give leaders grace and also prepare them. But I think if we, if we make it known, Hey, our greatest, greatest success, I think that's the, that's the thing is we just don't talk about how often success can actually, actually be unhelpful. Yeah. uh, Yeah. For us. I think that's a great, I think it's been really fascinating podcast in that sense occasionally if you if you sling enough spaghetti against the wall my friend you're bound to some of it's bound to stick eventually <laughs> if we keep talking long enough my friend we will we will come up with a magnum opus a bl- wait, this is blind the blind squirrel <laughs> finds a nut every once that's, in a while that's right i bet blind squirrels find a lot of nuts because i bet it's got I more to do with uh nose uh, i guess yeah, you, what's I it when you don't have any sense of smell then then the olfactory olfactory uh, blindness fatigue or yeah or something uh, like i don't that. know there's not a word for that i guess there there's gotta be. There's, there's gotta be a word. There's a word for everything. Of course, it's, prob- word. it's probably German. Yeah. Uh. Well, Garrick, it's been a great podcast. This was um, a lot of fun. Yeah. Don't remember that. What you really need to take away from this is don't be successful. Don't be. <laughs> It'll. You'll. You'll end up like Achilles. <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> Hope for mediocrity your whole life, and maybe if you're if you're lucky, you'll end up like. Uh, I don't know what's a mediocre anyway. Gosh, I really should prepare for these jokes. <laughs> well, it's been fun, my friend. Until uh, until the next time. Bye con Dios. Eh, buen camino. Buen camino. Hey, by the way, the weather changed about five times during this podcast. Yeah, it's it started like off sunny. cloudy, then it was rainy, and now it's sunny with not a cloud in the sky. So go yeah. figure. Anyway, all right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Later.